If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Scottish Rugby Pod, Scottish Rugby Pod, doing things no other rugby pod does. Sometimes jingles, sometimes not. Depends if Cammy has queued them up. Watch out, here comes the Scottish Rugby Pod. That's right, it's the Scottish Rugby Podcast, the only podcast that has ever moved to have a vote of no confidence in itself. I am Cammy Black, and this week I am joined by the Peter Parker to my Peter Porker. It is Ian Hay. Greetings, everyone. It take, I, I generally, I spend about two hours every week trying to think up of topical ways to introduce this. Um, and I only, because the Spider-Man trailer came out yesterday, I had that. But then we postponed it for a day, so then I managed to get the vote with no confidence thing in as well. So, well, you know, this has been a, you know, that, um, that delay has, has created a whole plethora of options for us. It has. And it? I've, I've not even seen Homecoming yet, so I've not watched the uh, the trailer for Oh, um, you, should, you should watch Homecoming, it's very good. Uh, I've seen Infinity War, so you know I really should. Yeah, you should do, definitely. Um, should. Anyway, we should tell you how to get in touch with us. I'm not going to do any backing music because as uh, the um, my Spider-Man rip-off song uh, says, I haven't got anything queued up tonight. Um, so you can get in touch with us on the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, Twitter at Black or at scottrugbyblog. We're on Facebook, which I think is facebook.com slash scottrugbyblog, but you could just search for it and it'll come up. Uh, we've got an Instagram account um, that we occasionally post to when we can be bothered. Um, you can listen to us on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, and lots and lots and lots and lots of other podcast apps. Um, we are going to start with crap call-offs, and we've only got one this week, which is Al, who was supposed to be on the podcast tonight, fresh from Toulon, but he isn't able to make it. Um, and we were hoping to hear about his exploits uh, because he got tear gassed twice. Um, the highlight of our weekends, me and uh, Ian's weekends, was the fact that when Al told us that on the uh, podcast group chat, Rory gave him a thumbs up. Yes, which was uh, highly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, um, it didn't particularly go down well with Al. Yeah, I think as well, you know, uh, seeing as there was a, a dark tear-inducing cloud that descended upon us and we weren't even in France on Friday with Andy Murray's retirement. You know, it was nice to get a bit of humour in there from uh, from Rory. Yep. Um, we, maybe is that going to be your hands in the rock? What Andy what Murray? Uh, it had going to be, but I've, I've changed it now. Oh, no. you know, well, see, Tina's now he's like, oh, I might not even retire. It's like, oh, right, so that was all for nothing, was it? All right, yeah. <laughs> made you cry Fantastic. for nothing. Yeah, you get very much. I would imagine, um, like, uh, what Avengers Endgame is going to be like. <laughs> made us cry possible. and care about people for nothing. Yeah, for all those years. Yep. Um, anyway, the big news today um, that we weren't going to be able to cover yesterday, but we now can, um, due to being slightly postponed, um, is that the Scotland squad was announced today. Um, we will go into it probably in a lot more detail next week when we do a proper Six Nations preview podcast. Um, 
but there weren't, I mean, not many surprises here. I mean, I suppose the new names in there is uh, Jake Kerr, who sounds like um, uh, one of the uh, pseudonyms for the Joker that he used to give in the comics. Um, Chris Dean is in, um, who's been on form for Edinburgh. Yeah, deserved, that's it. Very well deserved, yeah. Apart from that, though, um, good to see Sam Johnson back after getting injured in the autumn, maybe. Indeed, yes, I'm a fan of Mr. Johnson. I think he's got a very good all-round skill set. Um, you know, obviously, there's a that that injury list is absolutely f- huge. It's really, um, it's really interesting because it's one of those ones where it obviously the I don't know if Townsend uses it as a way to say this is also people that are in my thoughts because John Welsh is on there and he hasn't really been around the Scotland squad for a while mm-hmm. now. And there was one notable absentee from the injury list as well as the squad, which was Alex Dunbar. Yeah. What's going uh, on there? Is that because he is injured at the moment? Yeah, well, he went off um, the other week there against... Tru- no, where was it? It wasn't Treviso, was it? It was a game before that. But, um, yeah, because him and Pete Horn went off uh, in the same match. Oh, no, Horn stayed on, and then it was after that he was injured. He was on the injured list for the game this week, uh, for the Glasgow game. Um, both Dunbar and Horn our Horn is still also out uh, but um, yeah I don't know if Dunbar's just been rotated out or uh, if he's still carrying a knock yeah I mean it's an interesting one we might um, it's, I'm going to cover it in hands in the rook uh, later on I think but this this side it might also be and the, the sort of I think more and more players might be coming around to this Conor Murray uh, theory, idea that you, you don't have to say you're injured you can just say you're unavailable for selection because it's not really anybody's business what your medical conditions are or or your um, because nobody has you know nobody has the right to to know your your medical history or your current medical conditions. You just have to yeah, say you're or, not available or, for selection. Yeah, even just your sort of fitness levels. You know, if you've been out for a extended period of time, um, obviously there's going to be a bit of ring rust, and you know maybe you just don't think I'm not fit enough to to do the best for the team is or even do the best personally as I can for the team. Um, so I, I do agree that it's nobody else's business, really. Uh, yeah. if, he's, if he says he's unavailable, he's unavailable. He's unavailable, and that doesn't maybe that maybe it's been his choice not to have that included in the team announcement. Who knows? We'll we'll like I said, we'll touch on that later in the program in uh, hands in the ruck. Um, the first talking point I think that came up on the blog when when in response to this was um, whether or not given. Sort of Ember's current form, I guess, is is in the first game. And I know it's very early to talk about this, but it was an interesting talking point. I think a couple of people raised is: Do you go with? Um, I'm going to use the word inexperienced rather than than better, or you know, comparing who's better or worse. But an inexperienced side, so the likes of Darcy Graham, Christine, who you know, you arguably are the informed players in their positions at the moment. Do you play those players against Italy to get them the game time, or do you play a more experienced side and not take any chances? Well, ideally, I suppose you want a, a bit of a blend. Um, obviously, Graham is in good form, but I've seen a lot of people saying that you know Tommy Seymour's not in good form. Uh, he's maybe not scoring as many tries as he has done in the past, but he's, he's still making a lot of breaks. He's still making yards. He's in better form than he was last season. And, you know, it was only a couple of months ago he scored a hat-trick against Fiji. Yeah. Um, so I think people are very quick to jump on the bandwagon of just criticising players. Well, yeah, there was somebody the other day suggesting that Stuart Hogg's not lost a bit of form, and he, he may be compared to uh, Blair Kinghorn. But it's hard, I think, when you're playing in a team that's—I'm not saying Glasgow are struggling necessarily, 
But when you're playing in a team that isn't winning for a few games, then it, it's hard to stand out, isn't it? it? It's hard to sort of play to your best, I guess. Yeah, you know, especially we lost three games on, on the bounce. Um, so automatically that just makes everyone in that Glasgow team a rubbish player, according to some <laughs> internet pundits. Uh, and he's, you know, he kind of rushed back in the Ottoman Internationals. He went off injured again for Glasgow not so long ago. He's in new so dad as well. He's, he's got, he's got, you know, yeah, he's three got kids a third, now. Yeah, three kids. They were twenty six. Yeah, he? nice twenty six. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously he's he's probably having a few sleepless nights. Yeah. Um, but he's got to think about know, moving moving for Hoyk to Exeter. There's that as well. Yeah, it's a fair trick. Um, but you know, we, we know the guy's class. So yeah. exactly. Um, the next one, I want to thank New Haven boy um, because. Um, I haven't really had time today to uh, think of questions arising from the squad announcement. I wasn't really planning to talk about it too much because like I said we'll, we'll cover it next week in more detail. But he's posed some questions. He said, these are some key questions we need answers to, I think. So we're going to give try and give him the answers, Ian, if, if we can. Um, the first question, is Skinner really a test match animal or was he a one-match wonder? If so, is he a six or a lock? Now, my I would point out that, that Sam Skinner is currently the top-rated Scotland player on the Rugby Pass player index, um, which I think I was saying on Twitter earlier this week, is I think they stick photographs of players in their offices and have a pine cone next to them. And if it's open, they're good, and if it's closed, they're bad. Um, but he's, right. he, he's currently the second best um, six in the world at the moment, according to Rugby Pass. Um, I thought, I I I I don't think he's a one match wonder. I I thought he played better at lock for Scotland than he's done both for Exeter this season. Um I thought he played better at lock, but it's nice to have that versatility. Yeah, indeed, you know, it's um you'd imagine that he'll will probably start with Gray and Gilchrist maybe, or one of Gilchrist and Tullis. Um so if he's if Skinner's on the bench then he's, you know, versatile there. Uh, I didn't actually see the the Exeter Castro game, but apparently he had a blinder uh, yeah. in that game. Um, I think he was he playing at six in that. He was, yeah. The last couple of games he's played six uh, for Exeter, yeah. Yeah, um, but obviously, you know, with the style that we want to play, um, with the the black row blend, does he fit into that, or is he more viewed as a lock by Townsend? Because you know the, he's not really a. The interesting thing I think we've said before that Exeter and 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 even. Sam Skinner himself views himself long term as an eight. Yes, especially given that um, you know we're uh, the number eight options for Scotland are uh, quite contentious, shall yeah, we say? Oh yeah, and that brings us on to um, the next question, which is: Can Strauss play in Test matches now, like he played for Glasgow three years ago? Um, probably not. He's maybe getting on a wee bit. Now, what is he? Thirty-two. Um, doesn't get a huge amount of game time in its sale. Um but again, as you know, as he got that engine that uh, Townsend will require of a hard-working back row. Um, you know, he had a fantastic game against Fiji, but then the next next game against South Africa was kind of anonymous. Yeah, it's that thing where we've said it before. He, he drifts in and out of games at international level. I think it's it's a different beast playing for Glasgow in the Pro 14 and, and playing like he did and then going and playing at national level. He's had two, I mean, like you said, he had the Fiji game and he had that game against France two years ago. When yeah, he the was... lacerated kidney game. Yes, exactly. Um, and I'm not sure. 
I think it's a bit like Ryan Wilson, really, isn't it? Is, is that they have these occasional really good games that makes you think that you know if they, if they did that every time, then we've have a, we'd have a player on our hands. But there's something I don't know what it is, probably psychological that just they're not quite able to repeat that performance every time. Yeah, I mean, as well, if we're looking to. If you're looking at maybe the next four-year cycle after the World Cup, he's he's not going to be available. No. So, I think he's probably just a stopgap measure. In fairness to him, yeah. I mean, it's it's that um, question. Is it? I guess if Matt, if Matt Ferguson was fit, would Strauss be in that squad? I'm not yeah, sure or even would. even if uh, David Denton was fit, yeah. Um, I very much doubt it. Or Bradbury or Barkley, obviously as well. Um, so I think he's there, sort of. By default, I'm, I'm afraid to say to, to him if he's listening because you batter me. <laughs> um, next question is: Can Graham and or Kinghorn dislodge the back three? I'm going to say no because I think See. we've got a. I think I I think barring injuries, I think it's Seymour, Maitland, and Hogg as the back three. I, I think Graham is a long shot, even though. It would be nice to, to see more of him than the five minutes he got down at the Principality <laughs> Stadium. Um, I know there's maybe a shout for Kinghorn to play on the wing like he did in the Six Nations last year. Um, but that was because it was but, that because it was that Seymour who was injured in that game, was it? Uh, Maitland, Maitland probably. Maitland was injured. Wasn't yeah, yeah, but I think you know, Maitland's a definite starter for me. But I think yeah. he took a bit of a knock uh, for Saracens at the weekend. I read somewhere. Mm. I, missed, I missed that game as well. Um, next one, can Hardy still do a job for us? Yes. I'm gonna say yes. Um, I would hope so, but if you know, we've got these if we're gonna play with a sort of two open side flanker system, is he gonna get in ahead of Richie? Uh probably not. Is he gonna get ahead of Watson? Definitely not. Yeah. Um so I think I think he'll just be trading squad, to be fair. Yeah. I mean it's, I think yeah, but barring he he's there, I think there was a really interesting interview with him, um stuff in New Zealand, I think had done an interview with him which was sort of talking about how he'd sort of rediscovered his love of the game after being out for so long. So that was quite nice to hear. So yeah, he's playing well down at Newcastle. Yeah. But like you said, I think it's since he's gone since he's been gone. It's a song, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yes. He uh, Since you've been gone. Since yeah. you've been gone, yeah. But since he's been out of the set up yeah there's been a number of the number of cabs off the rank in terms of open sides for scotland at the minute is unbelievable given that and we'll come on in a minute i was looking at our old articles and we you know there was that time where we just flout refused to play with an open side for about three what? years and it's oh, yes, yes. Kelly, kelly brown in, and al strokosh <laughs> back in the dark days yes yeah. um the dark robinson days um yeah, yeah. Watson's just got so much credit in the bank at the moment. He's going to have to have a couple of shockers, I think, before um, Hardy will get in ahead of him. Yeah, and then, like you said, Richie. I mean, again, we'll talk about the weekend's games, but that, oof, that offload. Oh, that was. That was I mean, it was him and Big Bill. Was, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, um, Hastings, yes or no? Uh, I was. I would say the only thing I would say is I was surprised that Duncan Weir. Didn't get a call up just to put a bit of pressure on Hastings, but then Jamie Lyle. I was I mentioned that to Jamie Lyle on Twitter, and he was saying that he, you, if you if you see Horner's covering ten as well, which nobody wants to see, but I guess is sort of injury <laughs> injury cover or, or there if it needs to happen. Do you need a Dun- yeah. Do you need Duncan Weir in case of emergency? Break the Pete Horn glass. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, well, this actually speaking of Pete Horn and Duncan Weir, here's an interesting little uh, fact I don't think I've mentioned yet before, um, which is possibly why he's not getting selected. Um, a few years ago, uh, the, the year that Glasgow won the Pro 12 14-15 season, second last game of the season against uh, Ospreys, it was the lineup was Weir, Pete Horn, and Richie Vernon. And Pete Horn told me that uh, he, him and Richie Vernon between them only touched the ball 13 times during the match because of the amount of time that Duncan Weir was kicking. I think he said Duncan Weir kicked the ball away. Well, not kicking it away, but tactically kicking it away um, over a dozen times. So, And we know that Tooney wants that sort of second playmaker system yeah. at 12. So, you know, if, you're, if you've got a playmaker at 12 and you're not using him, what's the point if you're going against the coach's instructions? Maybe... Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Possibly. I think the other one is, the next question which brings us on to talking about 12 is, is there anyone qualified to play at 12 who is fit and is first choice in that position? Please, anybody. And But I'd say, well, Pete Horn and Christine, are you, are you yeah. two 12s? And with possibly Finn Russell there, if you would, you know, during a game uh, there's an, inju- an injury. Yeah, I mean, Dean's not so much a, a playmaker, more of a, Sort of solid twelve, even though he's quite a wee guy. He's you know yeah. he's very good, very good defensively. Um, almost like a sort of miniature Dunbar when Dunbar was, you know, back in the glory days of Dunbar. Um, uh, I don't know Sam Johnson as well. He's yeah. he's in there. Um, personally, I would go with Pete Horn at twelve, which will probably get me pelters off of folk. But you know he's well. He's, he's was he not rugby passes. He was now. He, he was the inside centre of the autumn world world world's best inside centre during the autumn. But um, sadly, I think he's down. I checked seven in the world now. Ah well, it's still top ten. That's still, not bad. That's not bad. I know. I'm still uh, punching above his weight a bit. Um, the other one, which we'll just address very quickly, which is, uh, I think it was it was we we had a bit of fun with people suggesting that Stuart Hogg could play twelve, and we all had a laugh. And I know we joked about the Hastings-Russell pairing and then it happened, but I think this is, uh, this is very different because at least Russell played 12 at Glasgow for a bit, whereas Hogg at 12 is not happening. No, I don't... I mean, did, I think he maybe had one or two games at I 12. Before, and that was before early in his chanted, career. Yeah, that was before they even sort of settled on him as a fullback, I think. Yeah, because I think... Like, I remember when he's... One of his first breakthrough games at Glasgow, I'm pretty sure he was playing 13 against Munster and scored a hat-trick at Dolman Park. Hmm. Um, but he's I not. No, he's not. A, I don't think he's, he's not a twelve. That's not where you want Stuart Hogg playing. No, but I mean, he is. He does step in the line and plays a sort of second playmaker sometimes. So maybe it's not as heavy as I thought. <laughs> oh no! Now I'm thinking about it. Jesus Christ! Oh, no. Don't encourage uh, people. No, no, that's a terrible idea. It's no, ter- I think no. it's like suggesting the solution to Brexit is like. Suggesting we we leave Earth as well and go and live on the moon. I can mark. Oh yeah. But then, having said that, that'll probably it'll probably be shifted to twelve against Italy halfway through the game. Yeah. And to be honest, at the moment, I think living on the moon would be preferable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, what to hug at twelve? Um, at all things. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Life. Um, <laughs> yeah, all life in general. That's it. I'm off to the moon. Um, what we'll do is next week uh, we're going to do a proper Six Nations preview, and if I can get the technology to work. The first half hour of the podcast will be live on the internet somehow. So keep an eye on our social media channels um, and the blog, and we'll give you details of how you can listen, post questions and comments during the discussion. Um, 
on Twitter this week, there's been like a trending thing of 10-year challenge where people are supposed to post their profile photos from 10 years ago and now. So I went back on the blog to look at 2009 to look at the Six Nations squad. Um, There is the only survivors, not really survivors because neither of them are in the squad, but John Barkley's in there. And Ruri Jackson's the only other player who's really in contention and hasn't, uh, you know, retired. I think everyone else is pretty much retired now. I give it ten years ago. Um, you've got. I bet he was Sans moustache as well. He was, yeah. Uh, you've got Mike Blair. He, oh, in fact, I think Rory said in the article announcing it that he was he was a, a young whippersnapper. He'd had a good game against um, Leicester, I think, in the where it was the Heineken Cup back then. Um, or Northampton, one of the two. He'd had a good game, and that's why he got called up. But um, yeah, you had Mike Blair, Ben Kens, Chris Cusseter, Simon Danielli, Nick DeLuca, Tom Evans, Max Evans, Phil Godman, Rory Jackson, Sean Lamont, Rory Lawson, Graham Morrison, Dan Parks, Chris Patterson, Hugo Southwell, and Simon Webster. God, they were dark times. Um, uh, maybe not. Maybe not so much Mossy, but uh, no. I mean, well, Rory made a good point. I mean, the the three scrum halves, Blair, Cusseter, and Lawson, Rory. He- Possibly, you know, made made a point that they would, on their day, would all push the current three incumbents. Yeah, well, certainly, you know, Blair had pushed Laidlaw out to ten um, back in those days. Yeah, and Cusset uh, was was Cusset was selected for the Lions that year, but I think got injured. Mm. Ah, he was a good player. No, that was Scrum Half always seems to be an area of strength and depth for us because yeah. you know even, even before then you remember when we had like Brian Redpath and Gary Armstrong fighting yeah. for the jersey. Never really. It's, it's one area we've never struggled in. I don't think it was just a case yeah. of more a case of who do you start with, and and essentially we've got the same conundrum now. Um, yeah, reading lots of nippy wee guys. I, um, forwards, we've got John Barkley, Kelly Brown, Jeff Cross. Um, this was the see- Jeff Cross's debut against Wales. Was he- was uh, the opening match where he lasted twenty minutes, um, took Lee Burn out in the air, knocked himself unconscious, and got yellow carded as he was stretching off the pitch. Um, Some something right home about. Yep. Uh, Al Dickinson, Ross Ford, Scott Gray, Dougie Hall, Craig Hamilton, Jim Hamilton, Nathan Hines, Alistair Hogg, uh, Alan Jacobson, Alistair Kellogg, Ewan Murray, Alistair Strokosh, Simon Taylor, and Jason White. It's probably a stronger. I mean, well, it's not stronger than it is now because it's different. I think it's probably the, the, the forwards maybe aren't so much of a. There'd be more, I think, forwards competing for places now. Out of that lot, than there would now. I don't. Not maybe not in the back row. I don't know. I think, well, Barkley's in there. Brown. I think she's more, J- Brown's J- more Jason mobile White. Enough. Yeah, Jason White. Maybe if you had him at lock, possibly. Yeah, because oh, well, that's the thing. We've been crawling, calling out for an enforcer, and you know, if there's one guy that could could hit you. It'd be yeah. Jason White. Jason White, or uh, even Nathan Hines. The problem is when Nathan Hines oh, hit, there was always a chance of uh, a yellow card. Yeah, if you've got Hines and Hamilton in the boiler room, one of them's going in the bin at some stage. Yeah, that was. Um, it was also that was two thousand and nine. Um, Ross Ford, which uh, earned him uh, a call up to the Lions. Lions spot, yeah. Two thousand and nine, Ewan Murray as well, which is pre not playing on a Sunday. Mm. As well, so yeah, maybe not. So bad across the board. I think most yeah. most of the current. I think front row you'd have a lot of competition. Maybe Absolutely. maybe at lock, but not the back row. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I'd agree with that. Yeah, um, but like I said, you know, Hamilton and Hines. Yeah, you sure you want to play with fourteen men for? <laughs> <laughs> Big Jim wouldn't get in these days. No. Um, no. Ross Ford. 
Um, in Ross Ford news, Embra have signed the... Oh, well, no. Richard Cockerell hasn't confirmed, says it's speculation, but there is reports in South Africa that Embra have signed Southern Kins hooker Michael Williams. I'm pronouncing it like that because it's spelled W-I-L-L-E-M-S-E, so I'm pronouncing it Williams. I'd go Williams. Williams? I'm not myself. Williams. Yeah. I am. Um, <laughs> but um, that would seem to be... The f- Maybe Willems. Willems. That would seem to be Ross for... Because he's out of contract at the end of the season. That would, given he's dropped to third choice at Edinburgh, if yep. they do make that sign, I can't really see Edinburgh extending his contract in next season. No, unless there's something going on with uh, uh, Cherry that we don't know about. Um, Possibly. But, I'd, I mean... What, what age is Ford now? 34? 32, I think. 32? Jesus. 32? Oh, let me check. On. Carry on talking, Google. I'll check. All right. Um, yeah, well, I mean, especially given that... 34, you're three, right. Aye, 34, you're right. Uh, aye, three, three uncapped hookers over a man with over 100 test caps. I think that's um, pretty much... Oh, that's a staple to the door, really, isn't it? Yeah. I think probably... I mean, it is... 34 is a grand age to for, for a front row player as well. It's It's a... You know, it's, it's lots of other players yeah. have retired younger. I'm not, but the, he's not really announced his intentions for the future. There's no reason why he couldn't go and play at a reasonable level in the D2 or even do a job like um, Scott Lawson did at Falcons for a season, a couple of seasons. Yeah, I was going to say maybe English Championship level, something like well, that. Well, even Premiership uh, level, I could see there'd be yeah, a few. T- yeah. If if he's not available for Scotland anymore, there'd be plenty of teams I would have thought that would take him on as a a good squad player that could yeah back up come and do a job so there's no reason why he can't carry on playing it's just be, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be Ember next season no certainly doesn't um, not with this that signing coming in and there's no there was no sign of him moving along the M8 as we predicted because it, I mean, it sounds like Brown and um, Turner are going to be back fairly soon anyway um, I do hope so um, no offence to Kevin Brace but you know he's he's been Back and forward and try to turn into was it a tight head or a loose head? They were trying to I turn him into. So he was he was he was one of the hookers at the last World Cup. Yeah, yeah. how the mighty have fallen. Exactly. Um, in other news, Alan Dell is off to London Irish. Um, that was sort of there was a rumor, and then Richard Cockrell announced it before anybody else did in a press conference. I think just because he was like, "Yeah, he's gone, he's going," and then London <laughs> Irish announced it the next day. Um, so yeah, so that's the that's the news. So much as it is, um, this weekend then we'll look back at what's happened in, and we'll start with Ember because, uh, we, like I said, we we're going to have Al on, and I, I, you know, I don't want to be accused of. I got accused of of Glasgow bias again at the weekend, even though I, I'm sort of <laughs> firmly on the fence in terms of both pro teams. Um, I've actually got more to talk about the Edinburgh game than I do the Glasgow game. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, yeah, here's one. Craig, Craig Manson got in touch via Twitter. Um, and this uh, have you his... said his name right this time? I, well, that was going to say. I was going to say apologies to Craig. I've been calling him Craig Mason for the last few weeks. Whenever he's, uh, I've read out one of his tweets. Um, he, well, this was his hands in the ruck, but I'm, I'm bringing it in here. I hope you don't mind, Craig. Um, Jamie Ritchie's offload was built better than Bill Matters, and I have to agree. Yeah, Cocker's agreed. Um, because he was he was falling over. Um, he was falling over. It was, it was, and it was to hands, and and Bill Matters wasn't. Yeah, Johnson had to. I mean, it's great work from Johnson. Um, as well, I mean, Matt is Matt is a real camera one, isn't it? That sort of left hand over the 
over the shoulder sort of pop pass yeah. thing. Um, it's, I mean, I think that's it. it's a difference between a Hollywood offload and a and a good one, a good technical yeah, offload. And I guess Jamie Richards is, was probably the more Jamie Richards was the harder to execute. Bill Matters looked better on camera. Yeah, especially as it had come off, uh, sort of, you know, it, it ended up in a, a brilliant counter attacking try from Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, another another bit of skill which hasn't been mentioned much. I thought uh, Johnson's grubber kick for Kinghorn. Was yeah. exceptional because he was he was at full pelt. He saw the two on fullback come darting out, and he's like, "Oh, hang him out!" There you go, perfectly weighted Kinghorn, easy try. He's someone that's unlucky, I think, not to have made the the Scotland squad. James Johnson. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of very tight calls in there. There must have been, um, especially with everyone's favourite Newcastle player, Chris Harris, getting the nod ahead <laughs> of him. Uh, Nick Grigg, who has had some superb games this season, but yeah. there's always sort of question marks about his defence. Um, you know, and if if he's big enough to to handle people running at him. Um, Hugh Jones, I guess you've got Hugh Jones as well. Hugh Jones just seems to be a dif- different different beast when he's playing for Scotland, especially yeah. at Murrayfield. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I do think it will be a Horn Jones twelve uh, thirteen. Um, and we'll need to wait and see who's on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I think as well, I mean, Ryan Habana pointed it out, um, uh, made the point of, you, you look at the Bill Matters offload, and that's only possible because of the spot line that James Johnston runs. And you can't, if you watch it back, you can actually, because I don't think they showed the full sort of pitch one, they didn't really show the replay with the full pitch, but he runs in a straight line. He's he's actually miles away from Bill Matter, but he doesn't follow him, he just runs in a straight line. So some support yeah. line because everybody, everyone else sort of crowds around him and it gives Bill Matter options. But by the time Matt is being tackled, because Johnson's run straight, he's there for the offload. Yep, and he's at full pelt as well. Um, it's yeah, you know, it was a great bit of skill from Mata, and like you said, great take from Johnson, great line. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very very good try. Yeah, um, Jeffrey Horrell on Twitter says, "Is Ember's success as much down to Pergo Agos and an informed Van der Volk controlling the game as the new and the new attacking flair as it is about the quality of the pack?" And I think probably that's the one thing Ember have, have, have really come out this season is they've got. Much more balance. It's not all about their forwards this season. They've also now found some depth in the backs. Well, at the start of the season, you know, they had been accused of maybe overplaying or not having that killer instinct uh, against Leinster. I think they, they ran over twenty phases um, and they weren't able to, to even, you know, get three points out of it. Yeah. Um, but I think as well, what you need to remember is these guys are all new to each other, um, and even like Dean and Johnson, they. They weren't even first choices. They, they've had to, you know, they've they've basically had to play because Bennett and Scott are injured, uh, and Sacchino hasn't exactly. Um, he's been playing a bit better recently, but his first couple of games I saw him, I thought he was pretty muck, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so you know, they're all all these little combinations. They're finally starting to click. Uh, Vandervolt. Um, I'm amazed you don't have the music lined up for this one. I did. Well, that's, <laughs> I, haven't, I just haven't. I haven't got anything queued up tonight, unfortunately. Jeffrey did request the. Um, you can on talk now. See if I can find it while while you talk about it. I'm right. it quickly. Um, yeah. Well, a lot of folk thought maybe you know Hecky coming coming in, uh, former All Black under twenty. People are like, oh, very exciting. Going to get this guy in, and 
he's maybe not settled quite as well. And, and Van der Volt's really um, stuck there where he's he's starting to make that position his own. Middle looks of it. He definitely seems to be first choice now. It's good. I think it's just having that pressure, isn't it? I, I can't remember if this fades out or not, but. Um... We'll, we'll keep it going. Um, yeah, I think it's just good to have that that pressure, isn't it? You've got that competition in a position. It, it can have one of two things. Either the, you get the one guy that says, well, if you're going to go with him to hang with it, I'm going to you know, take the ball home. Or it just... I think it's particularly when they've got a good relationship with each other, and I'm not sure if, I'm not sure what kind of relationship Van der Volk and Hickey have, but it can drive them on. It can just drive each other on to, to play better. I'm not... I think that's maybe the effect it's had on Van der Volk. I'm not sure it's had the same effect on Hickey. Yeah, I mean, it could just be if it's taken him time to settle. Maybe Hickey will, um, you know, he'll come in and play a couple of blinders, and that will be it'll be sort of head or tails between them again. Yeah, but, um... I mean, I guess that's the other thing. I suppose we're forgetting it's it's Hickey's first season, and maybe you know he's he's he he's been he steadied the ship. Yeah, it was a new culture, a new environment for him. Um, you know, he's playing in France before, so it's probably a bit, bit of a slower game for him. Um, but aye, he's, you know... Embra having, de- having, having options at 10, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thunk it? Exactly. Um, Defence still needs work, I think. I mean, that last try was fairly soft. Yeah, at which point they were pretty much out of it, and they had yeah, spent but... so much time knocking on the door. Um, True, but I think that, on the other hand, I think that's maybe where we've... And, we might touch on it with Glasgow, but that's. I think in terms of Scottish rugby as a whole, that's maybe what. I mean, I know that the All Blacks or an Ireland aren't going to be as profligate. Yes, and you know aren't going to take the foot off the gas or take the you know the foot off the neck. Do you know what I mean? At that point, yeah. that you 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 want to squeeze and you want to see a game out, and I think maybe the. Ember and again we might touch this with Glasgow maybe we're a bit guilty of switching off when yeah the game's won but there's you know the best teams will yeah. will 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 go for the jugular and will keep pressing and won't let you know won't won't yeah, see yeah. tries like that when when was that try scored again how late on was that it was like seven it was at the seventy sixth minute yeah I, I suppose it's maybe been a raft of changes with them there's going to be some tired bodies out there possibly we'll it was forgive just... them that because. Yeah, it was just a rush. they'd gone with the rush defence. I think that was the, that was the issue is that they didn't they, 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 they everyone rushed out of the defensive line to try and put pressure on too long. But it was within the twenty two. So by, by the time you do that, and by the time they just spin it wide, it's an easy try in the corner. Yeah. Because maybe if you hold the line a little bit more and, and and drift across, then you're cutting off more options. Yeah, maybe somebody looking for the sort of big glory hit or the the glory intercept, yeah. um, rather than just playing the percentages. I don't want to be. I mean, I don't want to be down on Embra. We accused of sort of like, oh, Embra of one and now you've been all miserable at them. I just, yeah, I felt like I felt like I should should be picky in some ways. Yeah. Um, well, been before that, they had well, I think their previous three home games. I think I saw the stat; they'd only conceded seven points. Yeah. Um. So they've done all right there. Yeah, they've not done bad. I think the other good thing is just to see um, a Scottish team winning on the road in Europe, because again, that's going to do wonders for the confidence. Yeah, only the third team to ever win at the Stade Mayo. Um, obviously, Toulon aren't the side they used to be, but you know, there's still some big names in there, some big bastards in there. Yeah. Um, 
tie. You know, now they're in a fantastic position. I know. Go, going for a home, a home, uh, you know, a home, a home quarter, and also, um, as Richard Cockrell said, um, helping out their little brothers along the well, M8. Yeah, little brother. Aye, that's right. Little brothers. Oh, that's what. So, like Edinburgh, are like Jamie Murray and Glasgow, are Andy Murray. Is that it? Because we've won stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamie's won. Jamie's won lots of stuff as well, but. Um, you know, eh, I wouldn't be uh, so cocky if I was him. Yeah, I, I like record it. over the last few seasons has been a bit more impressive. I like the fact that Stockholm syndrome has has um, taken hold as well, and he's now describing uh, Scotland as <laughs> us and we. Yeah, we. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've got a great chance to get two teams into the last eight. Uh, I was like, hang on a minute, but this this is the same man who described himself as an arrogant Englishman not yep, so long this ago. This is the guy yeah. that, that fronted up to the 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 hacker, you know, <laughs> in an English shirt, and all of a sudden it's we. <laughs> Uh, yeah, see, it's amazing. Has he started saying I yet? No. <laughs> That's next. That'll be next. That'll be I. Um, have you got any more to say on, on Edinburgh? Um, have we praised them enough? Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll make myself sick if I do anymore. So I'm, I'm good here. <laughs> um, the Glasgow game then. Um, I mean, what did Glasgow switch off? Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the first twenty-five minutes. Were, I've only been able to see it. Um, live at the game um, because I think BT Sport decided it was that kind of dull that they weren't going to bother putting it on catch up <laughs> um, but yeah the first 25 minutes were turgid to be honest um, but it, you know it was nice to see Glasgow a plan B and that being effective Yeah, because it, it was a victory one on set pieces really um, and I do think once the bonus try was secured there was definitely I think uh, a switch off um, mentally, and then there was a sort of bit of panic, but thankfully George Horn was there to to do his usual. George, that's, that's not that's not normally something you'd associate with. Um, <laughs> switched off, and there was a sense of panic, but George Horn steadied the ship. George Horn steady, saves the day. It's not really steadying the ship; it was saving the day. Um, <laughs> it's more like it's more like driving the ship rapidly towards the rocks and <laughs> scuttling it before anyone has a chance to like, do anything. Get off the ship and get on the speedboat, lads. Oh, <laughs> um, do you think? I mean. Uh, if we look, I mean, the, the, Glasgow got two captains this season. You've got Callum Gibbons and Ryan Wilson, and you wonder, it's become more and more clear which one of those two has the most influence on the pitch, I would say, because the Callum Gibbons is a big loss influence-wise wise in that scene. I mean, when, when did he go off again? Was he, was that? Uh, it's inside 10 minutes. Uh, I think yeah. he was he was second off, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Because both him and Fagerson were gone very early doors, um, and his um, Gibbons looks it might be quite bad. They're saying yeah. it could be six to eight weeks. Um, he's been withdrawn from the the European squad for the Saracens game, and Matt Smith has come in to replace him. But Matt Smith, to give credit to Matt Smith, though Matt Smith has has had a really good season when he's been when he's had game time. Yeah, that, the Scarlets game. He was oh. really unfortunate when he, he put in one absolutely thunderous hit, um, but then because of the Alex Allen red card, he got sacrificed. Yeah. Um, also, Fizarro has played. Surprisingly well, to be honest, when he's played, because um, he was—he seemed to be. I, I assumed he was going to be out the door pretty soon, but he's had a couple of really good games this season, so he can fit in at seven. Um, Matt Smith might even have to play at six, given Fagerson's injured, um, and then Ash can complete the back line or, yeah. or Wilson, obviously. Um, so we'll need to wait and see. I, I do think Wilson—they'll probably start Wilson against Saracens, but again, he was uh, guilty of giving away a stupid penalty um, I think he gave away two penalties and one of them was just ridiculous yeah I mean on the other hand Saracens is exactly the sort of game 
you need a Ryan Wilson, but you need the Ryan Wilson that can keep a lid on it. Uh, you need the the nose breaker, but not the penalty conceding fool. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you want want good thug Wilson. Good the thug one Wilson. Who gets it. Especially because I mean, uh, going up against the Saracens team that were up to all sorts at the weekend. I mean, there was uh, you know talk. I mean, it's blood mud with this. Talk about like WWE style suplexes and things going on in the ruck. So I think that's going to be the challenge. That's going to be the challenge for Glasgow this weekend. Is they need to get. I think if they can niggle Saracens through, you know, the Ryan Wilson esque. Nose breaking, you know, in the face kind of stuff, but 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 not drift over into the absolute, not get drawn into sort of the lunacy of you know hauling people out of rugs, rucks and dumping them on the necks. Yeah, and th- it's I think not, not rising to a Toji's beat. Yeah, that's I think that's the way. If you can rile Saracens and get and and get them desperate, whilst also. I suppose like the, the, the if poem, isn't it? Rudyard sound a bit like Rudyard <laughs> Kipling. If you can keep your head while all around you are losing theirs, if you can, if Glasgow can keep their heads while Saracens are losing theirs, then you know, I, I think they've got a chance. But it's going um, to be, it's, it's, yeah, it, that's going to be, a, that's lined up to be a pretty brutal game. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. Obviously, what with the injuries, um, Ollie Kebble as well took a bang. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know if, although he's been guilty of. Being one of the ones most likely to rise to bait, um, I'm, I'm not confident to be honest. I, I kind of think that uh, we'll need we will need that favour off of Edinburgh. Yeah, uh, but I was I was wrong before. You know when I when we played Saracens at home, I thought we were maybe going to get cuffed. And to be honest, it should have been closer than it was. But in that game, um, you know Glasgow were physical. They did front up to Saracens, uh, and it did get particularly niggly. Um, Lazowski then got himself a four-week ban eventually yep. for a very dangerous After tackle on Jackson. Three, was that three appeals? Um, no, what was, yeah, the was first three thing appeals they for two, two. I think it was like two appeals for two yeah, offences. Yeah, there was there was two offences. Uh, one got completely cleared. Then one I think was given a two-week ban, but then the EPRC appealed that, saying no, we don't think that's stern enough. And then it got put up to four weeks for for a dangerous challenge on Jackson. Yeah. I think that's. I mean, that that's the real worry. I mean, you look at the Scotland squad, and that's the worry is this weekend probably would, would be the Glasgow game. That that's that's the game where potentially you could see someone, a big name, get injured, because it's going to be that kind of game. Yeah, because I mean, we can't really afford to to rest the big names that are still available. Um, so you do feel that if we want to get something from the game, the likes of Hogg and Seymour, um, Hugh Jones, they are going to have to play. Johnny Gray is hope, hopefully going to be back for it. Um, so you know, he better not get himself injured, otherwise, well, Glasgow will be down to the bare bones. Suppose Scotland can maybe call on call on Gilchrist and Tullis and Skinner. Um, but I've never overly been been overly impressed with Tullis playing for Scotland. No, no, and even I, I don't know. I think he he's another one that drifts in and out of games. I think even for Ember, I think Gilchrist has been better yeah. this season than than Tullis. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Yeah. Um. So predictions this weekend. Um, I think it's going to be... It's a big ask of Ember, but I think they could do it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm hoping they can do it. And they are on such a... I mean, that's seven games on the bounce they've won now. Yeah. Um, so... I, I think if... I, I mean, if, if anyone's going to be good at motivating players, it's Richard Cockrell. And I think if he if yeah. he sells it to the players saying, look, especially the backs, you you guys are... You know... You, you're you're seeing a second best to to the, the lads along the road, 
this is your opportunity. You're in the shop window here against the big European team, putting a performance in. All of a sudden, you find yourself in contention in the Six Nations. That's that's got to be a huge boost for them. Yeah, that as well, and the, you know the fact that it's been a, a couple of years since they've they've even been involved at the top table. Um, you know, we were going back to was, I think 2012 when they got to the semis. Was that the last time they'd escaped yeah. the group stages? Um, you know, say like you know Rich Cochran say like it's, it's been seven years. Go out there and make yourselves part of this club's history. Yeah. Um, and then Glasgow, I think there'll be cards. Oh, <laughs> 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 There'll yes. be controversy. There'll be people flying off their feet at rocks. injuries. It'll yep. be yeah, quite a bloodbath. But yeah, that's going to be that. That is not going to be a game of free flowing rugby. No, and people as well have been wondering if Saracens, seen as they have already qualified, if they'll maybe play a second string. Even if they did, I think they've still got a lot of talent in there. Yeah. Uh, but also, they need to win to guarantee that home semi. Because if we go down there and pull off a shock. Um, that could see us potentially leapfrog them in the first place. Um, so I think they they want to go out with a pretty strong team. Um, um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, especially because you think of the other teams. If if they don't end up with a home semi, then the kind of teams they're going to be facing aren't really the kind of teams they want to be playing in the quarters. No, not especially not with their pedigree. No, you know they they'll, they'll see anything other than winning it as a failure. Yeah. So, um, interesting weekend ahead. We'll we'll cover that um next week um in the podcast. Maybe some stuff on the blog as well. Um, we'll we'll do where's Doogie Donnelly now. We've had a, a couple of great where's Doogie Donnelly's this week. Um, Colin Black, no relation to me, got in touch through the Scottish Rugby Forum on Facebook to say he saw Tim Swinson outside Waitrose Toilets wearing a barber jacket and flat cap. He said he looked like a nineteen seventies Yorkshire farmer. <laughs> Um, I can I can see that actually, yeah, <laughs> especially with, with the facial hair, with the sideburns. Yeah, um, I I did ask for Colin for more details, and he said, judging by the time Tim spent in the toilets, it was probably a number two. Um, <laughs> Colin did ask me to point out that he wasn't in the toilets; he was just sat in the cafe. All right, still watching the toilet doors though. A little bit odd. Um, over, waiting for somebody to come out, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Um, over on the blog, uh, the Fife Finn Russell. Said he saw a few of the Ember team in Meadowbank McDonald's at 3am on Sunday morning, replacing some calories. He says, fair play to them for chatting with a steaming student, especially Blair King on for agreeing to a selfie. And he said he can confirm that Daryl Marfoot is alive and well. Yes. He's yes, alive. Though. I'm not sure well is the way to describe it. Eh, I'm sure he's doing fine. He's he doing was, um, There's somebody that's, uh, it might be Ian Wallace. Um, there's, there's a picture of him. Uh, picture of the squad arriving in France and uh, Daryl Marfell was carrying a bottle of water <laughs> to which Chris McDougall circled and then said oh look he's getting his practice in yeah. yep it's yep. good that's dedication that's the kind of thing that's going yep. to get him back in back in contention for yeah. um, back in Cocker's good books back in Cocker's good books back in contention for being a water carrier for the Lions <laughs> quite possibly the yeah, um, we've had a late one as well from Ross, who said he's uh, a couple of ones. He said he saw Pierre, Pierre Schumann uh, shopping in Debenhams. Said he can't provide any information on what he was looking for, but I can say his winter jumper game is strong. Um, and he also was a cable net. Uh, no, there's no details. He just said winter jumper game is strong. I, can't, I would imagine that Pierre Schumann is only able to get cable net jumpers. I think anything else <laughs> Probably, would fit him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, he also saw Simon Hickey in full training uh, kit on his way to Tesco's before Christmas. He said he was carrying a large box, but I didn't spot what was in it. Perhaps he was returning an appliance he'd applied to gift to someone. He planned to give to someone. Um, so that's the words Dougie Donnelly. If you see anyone out and about, do get in touch and let us know. Um, it's all we, we, we just pundits, players, whoever, but we the, the erroneous detail is what makes this more fun. Um, we'll um going to turn our attention to the thing we launched last week, which is a song for Scotland. Um, and I just say thank you to everyone who got in touch via the blog and the Scottish Rugby Forum with suggestions for a World Cup song for the Scotland team. There was a couple of uh, people a bit bar humbuggy about it, but, but we're just going to ignore them. Um, yes. Yeah, so... Um, oh, I wonder who that could uh, be. Ah, yes. There was a couple of people apart from that individual uh, who I decided to respond to after a bottle of wine and two gins. Um <laughs> Most, uh, and least... who would have thunk it? Me being the one that broke and you the being, all down. Yeah, yeah, you being the sensible the mediator, one, the mediator in that conversation. I, I, I was hammered. <laughs> <laughs> you handled it very well. Um, yeah. I only used one swear word in my response, but we're not talking about that. And um, we are talking about the popular suggestions we've had, and all those people that got in touch and and, and played along with us. Um, so, um, what I've done is I've pulled together the most popular suggestions and some of the others. Uh, and come up with a bit of a shortlist, and I'm going to get Ian to whittle down the last two because there's there's, oh. there's there's two standouts in terms of nominations, and then we've got three that we we need to pick apart. Um, so George Ramft suggested Wild Mountain Time or In a Big Country. Um, a couple people um uh, were up for for In a Big Country, the Big Country song. Um, but they're good, but I think they're a bit slow. A bit of potential for them to be a bit of a dirge. I'm not really sure that. Yeah. yeah. I quite like in a big country. Yeah, I'm not sure it's really stadiumy. It's stadium no. rock, but I'm not sure it's yeah. a sing along. Sing along. No. Yeah, it's not. It's not anthemic rock. Yes, it fails the sing along test. Um, Katie K was the first to suggest Proclaimers 500 Miles, and she she's actually suggested it could be tied to some sort of charity walking or running challenge, which isn't a bad shout. Lots, yeah. lots Done of. Done to death though. That's that's the only issue with it, isn't it? Because it was done that red nose day when they. I think the. I think. Probably its potential's gone when they did it um, with the um, Phoenix Knights characters for comic relief years yeah. ago. I think that was it. Yeah, it'd be like reissuing three lines for the, the 800th thing. That's it. The day the music died was the day that the <laughs> Phoenix, cast of Phoenix Knights covered that song. Um, lots of shouts for Caledonia. Um, we had a late entry from Ross on the blog who suggested Out of the Blue by the Scottish band Prides, which had passed me by at the time, I have to confess, but I did listen to it. Apparently it was on FIFA 15, but um, the last time I owned a copy of a FIFA game it was 1998, and the song yeah. was Song 2 by Blur. It was well, on that one. Uh, actually, speaking of FIFA, a uh, Scottish band, but I'm, now I'm thinking maybe not. Uh, Wild, you held the world in your arms, right? Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, I, I was thinking about, do you know, if the one I was it came on the other day, and the one I had a world song I thought was the bronze medal. I maybe have thought that was maybe not um, reaching high enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we hold the world in our arms, that's the the cup. You know, it's everything. Yeah, that's not yeah. bad. Shout that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, throw a spanner in the works. Well, you've thrown us. Yeah, you have. I, well, Scottish fiction as well could be controversial though. <laughs> um, couple of Kyle and Cathedral, but we we vetoed that in the last episode because uh, the lyrics that the Scottish Rugby Union came up with talked about. Be- well, it wasn't them. Sorry, somebody came up with the lyrics and the SRU backed it, and Kelly Brown recorded it. Talked about Scotland, land of my birth, and I think that's we're not and going also there. Dodge, dodge, absolute dodge. And there's no, it's not. I haven't really got a chorus. Nah, no. 
Um, at least in a big country's got a chorus, you know. That's true, yeah. Um, Graham Easton from Graham Easton's Playlist, which is an excellent podcast, highly recommend it. Um, he suggested listening to his podcast where Doddy Weir chose his favourite tunes. And Doddy's number one fortuitously was Dignity by Deacon Blue, so that's definitely on our four-song shortlist. Um, it would have been anyway because um, that was the one I nominated last week, but um, that just strengthens the argument. Uh, Alan McDonald suggested we change Donald Wears Your Trousers to Doddy's Awful Trousers. Um, nice. Too much of a novelty one though, but I like I like yeah. the suggestion. Now, th- this is hard for me, but there was a swell of popular opinion for Shangalang. Oh no! And uh, as much as I don't really want to, I get why I, people like uh, it. It's because it's what right. it's what they sing, it's what they play when they score a try. I think that's I I still stand by that's an atrocious choice of music. And uh, also, wasn't one. One of the base city rollers done for being a paedophile. No, he wasn't. His their manager was. No. All right. Well, we very clear on that. Thereby, I think. Yes. No, um, yes. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, just, I was going to. I was manager. about to Google it before the um, before I said it. So uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think I'm going to. I'm just going to Google it in case anyone's been utreed. Um Hang on. A former space oh, city roller, base city roller was, escapes was, jail and jail porn charges. Um, uh, yeah, it was their manager. Um, one of the founding members was. Uh, oh, well, look, they play it at. Let's not get into <laughs> who did what to who. All I will say is it's played at Murrayfield. People yeah. seem to like it. I think it would be very unfair, and this is me being very. I have to say this is. I feel like I'm being. I'm being the bigger person here. I think it's got to go in because oh, there was a lot of support for it. I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's an awful yeah. song, but <laughs> I, you know, I've I've listened. I've listened to the will of the people, Ian. Yeah, well, that's what causes Brexit. Shangalang means Shangalang. So Shangalang means Brexit. That's we've got. Hey, <laughs> I might regret this, but we've gone at the minute. We've oh, definitely looked God. at dignity. Um, I think that's yes, got a fair I'm chance. Happy with that. We've got a fair chance of ha- that happening as well. If 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 this gets picked up because you've got the Vipond in there. He, he's going to get that hat. He's going to make uh, that work. Absolutely. The swell of popular opinion for Shang Alang, um, I'm, put, I'm putting it in because I, uh, I more more just to make the other options look better. Um, so we've got two more spots. I think for a four list, a four song list sounds good. I think it looks neat and it's, it's not overwhelming. It looks like we've put some thought into it. So we're left with 500 miles, which I think you've said no because I think your right's been done to death. Yeah, and also, like, when I worked in a bar in Wellington, we had a live band on pretty much every night, and every night somebody would murder it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm, I had it up to the eyeballs and beyond. Okay, uh, so we're left with. Is there another uh, Proclaimer song we could pick, maybe? Uh, let's have a look. I mean, Sunshine on Leaf. But it's too geographically. I mean, it's yeah. it's sung in the stands at Hibs matches. But I think is it too geographically uh, specific? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Letter from America, no. No, letter from Japan doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> letter from Tokyo, probably no. not. Um, I'd have to. I think um, not really. I don't think there's any other. Oh well, what's um, I'm on my way. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> right, so we're sticking that in. It's just getting longer and longer. So that's three. That's the third because of Proclaimer Song. So we're, we're left between Caledonia or Loch Lomond. Now, I am I think Loch Lomond because there's footage of the players singing it in the changing rooms. 
And it's, yeah. it does it does get sung occasionally at Murrayfield. And all the time at weddings, so everyone knows it. Yeah. So we do that. So that's a shot. So we've got Dignity, Shang-A-Lang, I'm on my way, which no one has suggested, but we've we've both decided that's a good idea tonight, and Loch Lomond. Okay. Does that sound like a good four song? A strong, that sounds like a strong four song shot. It sounds like a realistic one as well. I feel like there's a chance that one of those songs, hopefully not Shang-A-Lang, yes. is picked up. <laughs> if that happens, I'm very sorry that yeah. allowed that to well, happen. Should, should, you mean, should, should Doddy not get the final say? Possibly. Well, that's that's the idea with this. Is what we're going to do is we're going to um we've got a couple of weeks till the Six Nations, so we're going to try and launch it in the next couple of weeks. There'll be a, we're going to put a petition together and say that we, the Scottish fans, demand a World Cup song, and here's our four song shortlist. Choose one of them, and and it's up to the the powers that be to pick that up and and do it however they want. So if they want to pass that on to Doddy and for Doddy to pick it and do it for charity and do it for a bit of fun for the squad, then. By all means, do it. But those are the those are the shortlist the the, the fans have, have put forward to us to adjudicate on, and we've you know we've used our powers of veto on many occasions. Veto <laughs> on many occasions, vetoed everyone's suggestions, allowed Shangalang through graciously, um, and and come up with one off the top of our heads tonight. So uh, yep. yeah, that's maybe that's a solution to Brexit. Record a podcast and just decide off the top of your head what we're going to do. What you're going to do about it? Right. No deal. Right. Um, Right, let's do hands in the ruck then. Um, we've only really had one this. We had a couple, but I've, I've sort of covered them as we, we've been talking about the Glasgow and Ember games. Um, Derek Matheson on Twitter tonight says, "Not so much a hands in the ruck, but someone on the Scottish Rugby Forum posted the question of whether Cockers could one day coach Scotland, which I think is a fair a fair question." He said, "One commenter said uh, Scotland would never have an English coach in his lifetime." Yes, so and I'm assuming this guy was five years old. I, I, at least six, and I'm not sure you're even allowed a Facebook page at that at that age. No, his, his profile picture certainly doesn't make him look like he was six years old. No. So, um, yeah. And also, we've had, you know, we've got a, a Welsh forwards coach now. We've got Australians, Kiwis. Um, you know, I hope it's, you know, there's a widespread of nationalities. And it's, you know, that was, I mean, that was borderline xenophobic, really, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But I think it that kind of fly it is. Um, yeah, no, I think he, he deservedly got pelters for that. So I uh, that was that was a ridiculous comment. Yeah. Um I'll do mine and then we'll do yours. Um my hands in the ruck is something I think we're gonna see more of. It's coming out of the Connor Murray thing where Connor Murray basically was out of action for a while and uh didn't permit um any news of what was wrong with him to come out or any news about when he might be back. And that kind of happened in Scotland with Al Dickinson, I think, as well, is that he was just one available for selection for a long time. And then Al Dickinson finally decided to call it quits, which is fair enough. But this this idea that they, I think more and more players are going to start exerting their right to privacy over their medical conditions and their records, and they've every right to. I think, you know, and, I, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I, I think that the Irish press reaction to the Connor, I think there's one, the, the, one of the telegraphs in Ireland had sort of said... He shouldn't do it because otherwise people will speculate. And actually, I don't think people should speculate in the first place, which is my main point. Because a couple of things, mainly been on the forum, the Scottish Rugby Forum on Facebook, a couple of people have sort of posted, almost like, oh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, I'm in the know here, but Richie Gray's career's over. And mm. uh, the similar things have started to creep in with Ross Ford. And I think it's it's one thing to sort of 
speculate about a player's future in terms of their contract expiry. I think that's that's kind of fine because it's it's on public record and everyone knows, and that's the kind of speculation we all do for fun. But I think talking about someone's career being over because of an injury is quite irresponsible, even if someone has told you in confidence, or even if a player's told a family member in confidence who's then passed it on to you. I think that kind of thing, if it spreads and it can have a, a, a quite an effect on a, on someone's career because that's, that's what you're talking about as a guy's livelihood and all of a sudden a rumour gets out that his career's over then he's going to struggle to find work. Yeah, I mean, it certainly put future employers off. Um, and also, you know, if someone has passed it on to you in confidence and then you go spitting it on the internet, that makes you a bit of a Roman poit, doesn't it? It does, yeah, exactly. If yeah. it's in confidence, then... It's in confidence. I think that's. I don't like this in the. It's a football. I've talked about it before, but it's a. It's a football thing, and it's been done to death. And it's actually been parodied in football now with this. This sort of. Um, I'm in the know. I'm someone that knows an agent, or I'm someone that's best friends with a footballer. And there was a guy yeah. I think who did it. Who as almost like a spoof, and he actually managed to sort of con Liverpool a couple of times, <laughs> um, just by like making stuff up and they're saying, "Well, I, you know." Um, I think there was a couple of players. The, the was it the director of football? I think at Liverpool at one point met this guy to try and find out how he was getting all this inside information. He said, "No, I'm just a bloke working in a call centre making this up." Yeah, making it up and sticking it on Twitter. Yeah. Uh. Um, so no, I don't like. It. I think uh, speculation is one thing, but I don't like the sort of. Oh, I'm actually, I know someone who knows someone, and this is happening. I think that's just. Yeah, I mean, just because we're all connected, better connected, you know, through social media and that now, it's no doesn't give you a right to go talking smack about people or yeah. you know sharing their sharing their private information and scottish rugby i mean, yeah. I mean yeah, let's not forget scottish rugby is still a pretty small community in scotland so mm. everyone does know everyone do you, do you know what i mean it's not it's not that hard <laughs> so that's my that's my hands in the ruck this week um what's yours then ian okay so um there's the man whose name sounds worrying prophetic worryingly prophetic about myself uh mr die young of wasps <laughs> Um, he was on. He was out the other day saying that it's the salary cap in England which is damaging their efforts in the Champions Cup. Um, so uh, what what was brilliant about this today was you know he's going on about oh it's not it's not fair because Leinster have got you know they they had five British and Irish Lions missing and they still had you know, fifteen international players to choose from. That's because they've got the most ridiculous academy in the world. You know, you look at the the guys who've come through there just in the last couple of years, Jordan Lamar, Dan Levy, uh, James Ryan, Gary Ringrose, Tyg Furlong. You know, that's just five names off the top of my head that I'd written down before I even looked into the Leinster squad. Um, whose budget, apparently, although the Irish Rugby Union have central contracting, it's estimated that Leinster's budget is the same as uh, in England, where it's £7 million. Um, plus, you know, uh, in England, you get two marquee players who are out with that cap. So that would be, uh, I would imagine, Willie LaRue is one of them just now, and Sopoanga. And, and they just announced um, the Sarum Fekitoa today. Yeah, quite handily today, I was about to say. Um, you know, they're like, oh, it's not fair, we can't you know, get enough international players. Then you go and sign somebody off of Toulon. You know, a, a 26 cap all black. Um, it's, I think Todd Blackard as well said, oh, it's, you know, the English Premiership, it's so attritional. It's like, what, do you think we're just playing friendly matches up here? Have you seen Munster play Leinster? Have you seen what Glasgow or Edinburgh games are like? Um, you know, my heart bleeds for you, die that on, on your budget, which is over £2 million more than what Glasgow and Edinburgh have got, who do have a chance of qualifying for the last eight, um, 
you know, just because we've managed to bring through talent, that uh, young talent that can keep a decent standing in the league, uh, and now maybe gets into the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup on half of the budget of what the French teams have got, and it looks like, I mean, Toulouse are probably through. Oh, sorry, Racing, Racing ninety two, they're pretty much in, and then it's Mont- Montpellier maybe, and Toulouse are maybes. Um, so you know they've got twice the money we have and as many maybes as we do out of two teams. So I don't really, I, I, I find it very hard to feel sorry for you here, Di. It's just I think it's a ridiculous argument. Yeah, it's not. I don't. It's not the salary cap that's holding them back. It's. The, I actually think it's a, a cup. Um, Ben Ryan has made this point a, a few times, and a few other people have. I think. I actually think in ring fencing will do English rugby the world of good. And that worries me a little bit because I think that a lot of it, the way that English clubs invest is more in, it's all about avoiding being relegated. A yeah. lot of it. Do you know, at a certain end of the day, I think there's probably a couple of teams that will always, like Saris and stuff, are always going to be competing at the top end. But it's quite, it's a tight league. And for most of the others, it's about survival. And if you, if you're building a squad to survive rather than building a squad to win and compete, then you're going to end up with a completely different set of players with different skill sets. Whereas if you've got the Pro 14, and it's maybe take, I think it's certainly with Edinburgh and with the Italian teams, it's taken them a while to realise this. But if you're not going to get relegated at the end of the season, then there's less risk. So you can try things and you can play a more expansive game because if you lose three games on the bounce, it doesn't mean that you are all of a sudden in the drop zone because there is no drop zone. Yeah, no, that's true, and uh, you know, I know they are looking at ring fencing it, and you know, maybe that is a good idea, but maybe it's just that you're playing players far too much money. Yeah, and if you invested uh, that money in your academy system, like yeah. Saris, and then you look at you look at Saris. The reason Saris get round the a lot of the reason Saris get round the salary cap is because a lot of their players have come through the academy, so they don't you yep. don't have to if you if you've got an academy player, you can pay them whatever you want. I don't think it counts towards the salary cap. Yeah, I was trying to look this up because I know that you know they get um, if it's if you for every sort of English qualified player you've got the RFU will give you I couldn't find the exact figure but they'll, they'll give you um, money towards his development and whatnot. Mm. Um, so you know maybe if you develop more players and don't just think oh wait oh we're losing Willie Larue what will we do oh we'll go sign Malachi Fekitoa you know um, just I think the priorities are all wrong there um, yeah and you know maybe. Maybe relegation will do you a bit of good. Yeah, I don't think that's something that people in Scotland often appreciate. Is the guys? I mean, you look at like Gary Graham and even like James Lang. Is that that losing your English qualified status is a big thing in if you're playing in the Premiership? Because all of a sudden, when you're looking to either renegotiate a contract with your club or you're looking to maybe sign somewhere else, then you aren't as attractive as an attractive a prospect because the club that's signing you aren't going to get money for you because yeah look at look Hamilton for example yep didn't lesser right? yeah if you're a fringe if you're a squad player and you throw your lot in with Wales or with Scotland then or another country then you are making unless you're an exceptional player like Sean Maitland etc you, you you're making yourself surplus to requirements really um, and I think that's where potentially Scotland longer term we might struggle a little bit because you, you're going to get guys like James Lang where you come to an end of a contract if they're still useful for uh, if they're still sort of seen as Townsend as an option then 
you end up with the sort of largest a lot of pl- players at the likes of Embra or Glasgow that the coaches don't necessarily want, but they're there for the international. I mean, who was that ten we had? Tom Heathcote. I mean, look at Tom Heathcote. Yeah, I can point. Same thing Makes happened sense. there. Came up to Embra, was parachuted in an Embra team that didn't really want him, and promptly had to go back to England. Where's he playing now? Um, I don't know. He was concussed for a lot. He had problems with concussion for uh, a while. Yeah. Right. So it was, was it Bath he started there, wasn't it? That's right, I. Yeah, because yeah, I, I saw him first time playing against Samoa uh, 2012, summer tour 2012, I think. Yeah. And I remember hearing all these big things. It was like, oh, he's not had a great game, has he? Um, but I so like you were saying, you know, James Lang, um, Yeah, Tom Heathcote was playing for the Worcester Warriors, but he was released um, in May last year after successive... Um, a succession of head injuries. Yeah, and Duncan Weir took his place. Yeah, there you go. Right. Right. Um, he is now not playing rugby. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, so yeah, well, it doesn't look like he's playing uh, rugby anymore. So uh, yeah, but that's that's you know, there's that's what happens, isn't it? You um. Like you said, like like I said, it makes him a, a, a less of a, a prospect. No, no one's going to pick him up because he's Scottish qualified. No one's getting any extra cash for him. Yeah, but they do have money for the likes of Fekator. Exactly, but he's not. Yeah, I don't think that Tom yeah. Heathcote is uh, Fekator. No, no, I don't think he's he is. not even a donkey wear. <laughs> um, and on that on that sad note of us just discovering that a former Scotland national has uh, possibly dropped out of rugby altogether, um, we will say goodbye for this episode. Um, we will be back next week. Like I said, we'll keep an eye out because we're going to try and do part of the episode live next week um, for a proper Six Nations preview. Um, in the meantime, get in touch with us in the normal way. And for now, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Ian. Goodbye.